powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to Friends, Foes, and Neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, as what you are about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for insightful interviews with incredible people. Join us now as we delve ever deeper into the human condition. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hey, thank you, everyone. Please, please sit. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. Yes, we are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. Before I want to jump into this episode, though, I want to say a huge thank you to my last guest, Stephen Tobolowski. What an incredible man, and I was completely overjoyed by the universal praise that that episode received. Again, if you haven't had a chance to hear Stephen's interview, then I suggest you listen to that after the conclusion of this one. All right, so welcome to episode 124. We have a great little episode lined up for you today. We welcome country music star and The Voice alumni, Presley Tennant. Presley is going to be talking about her incredible good fortune of how she got started in the music business, her amazing run on The Voice to becoming one of the most in-demand artists, opening for some of the most elite musicians touring today. Plus, we'll be hearing her newest single, Break My Heart, and we talk about the new EP, 600 Miles. Lots to discuss, so let's get Presley out here. Duval Nation, please rise to your feet and welcome all the way from Narco, California, country music artist, Presley Tennant. Presley, hello. Welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. How was the weather out by you today? Honestly, it's pretty good today. It was kind of warm. I think we were probably in the 70s, which is pretty nice. I mean, I'm in California, so it doesn't get much colder than that. <laughs> but <laughs> it's pretty where, nice. Where in California? I am down south. It's from I'm from a small little town called Norco, mm-hmm. um, also known as Horsetown, USA. So like everyone in my town owns horses. I'm pretty sure I'm the only person that does not. But no, everything around me is it's, we're more of a rural town. <laughs> so I start my interviews off the same way as I have with all the others. And that's how has it been for you to navigate this crazy COVID world we've been living in? It has been definitely crazy, I would say, more especially towards the beginning. I mean, the world shut down in few words to put it, but I feel like we're making a lot of strides and getting back to normal with how we used to be. Um obviously still doing it safely making sure that everyone is healthy and okay but i'm very 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 excited that we're slowly starting to get back to where we used to be were you able to do any kind of like you know musical work while you're on lockdown or is it all basically just waiting for everything to uh become normal again i use that time especially during covid when everything was shut down to do more of like the back-end process of like writing and recording and minimizing obviously my time around people but just focusing more on the back end of getting everything done. So as soon as the world started to open up, it's like I can go back in full swing of things, releasing music and performing as much as I can. Totally makes sense. Yeah. All right. So Presley, every journey has a beginning. Where were you born? What was it like to grow up there? So I am born and raised in Norco, California. Um, I've been there my entire life and I, I just love it out there. Everything around me and the people around me are just so amazing. I am very fortunate. I grew up with, I mean, my family, it was my mom, my dad, my two brothers. And then we also raised my cousin, who's like my little sister to me. And so it was all of us always doing whatever. I grew up playing soccer and then also was in a girl group um, for music. And so it kind of got to the point where I needed to make the switch or at least pick one or the other. And I'm pretty sure my dad thought I was going to be playing soccer. He was my coach. And then when I broke the news, I'd be like, hey, dad, peace out. I'm not doing soccer anymore. He was a little, a little heartbroken, but I'm glad I made that choice. I feel like it was a lot better of a choice than playing soccer. <laughs> Do you guys get to watch the World Cup that just finished recently? Yes, we did. I mean, I didn't get to watch too many games, but I got to see all like the highlights or like when I was downstairs and I got to mm. see it. Nice. So what age did you decide that you wanted to get into doing music professionally? 
So when I was 10 years old, that's when I was introduced to the girl group. And prior to that, I had just been doing like vocal lessons, making sure the karaoke voice was not going anywhere. That was the primary goal. And that was the whole reason why I started vocal lessons. And then when I was 10, I was into the girl group and I was just introduced to this entire music industry of being around professional musicians and, and people that I've looked up to for so long. And I got to meet them and just all these incredible people. And so I just fell in love with music in those ways. I loved rehearsing and writing and recording and performing and all the hard work that goes into it. So when you finally have a show, it's like, this is like the end product. And it's like, I don't know, it's, it's a very rewarding process. Um, and so I fell in love with that. And so I think I was about 13 when I decided to fully make the decision to go directly just into music, no longer playing soccer. I could focus all my time on everything music related. Mm. I saw obviously your promo pictures that are available and they're really good, by the way. Thank you. I see you carrying a guitar. How many instruments can you play? I can play guitar and piano. I will not say I'm the best at either, <laughs> but I, I can play those. I, I know enough to to play a couple songs like on stage and feel comfortable. Mm. But otherwise, I mainly just do it for writing so I can figure out what I want to say and what I want to do with it. Are you more of a just a rhythm guitar player? You're not you're not noodling or anything like that. Oh, uh, absolutely not. It sounds like <laughs> a cat is like dying trying to like pluck the strings. It's it's nice. not very really pretty, but I can send a nice work tape and then send it off and be like, hey, can you help me out here? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So while it's not a secret that you share a name with one of the greatest musicians who ever lived, who are your musical heroes and inspirations? I grew up listening to a wide variety of musicians. I mean, anywhere from like, obviously country music, but then to like opera and like rock and things like that. But I definitely gravitated more towards the powerhouses. So a lot of Carrie Underwood, um, Miranda Lambert, Chris Stapleton, um, as well as like, like Hart and Pat Benatar and people like that, Etta James, um, Aretha Franklin, a lot of just powerful, soulful people. That is definitely what I gravitated towards. All right. So moving forward, how did an audition to The Voice come about? So I was 16 and they had emailed me and I was really confused why they did. Actually, they emailed me prior to like a couple of years before, but their age limit was like 15 and I was like 13. And I was like, I can't do it yet. <laughs> I was like, come back in two years. And then when I was 16, they came back and they emailed me again. And I thought, you know, like, I feel ready for it. I feel like I can hang with the big dogs that I'm going to be hanging out with if I were to do it. And so I, I said yes. And I auditioned and there was a lot of different rounds to get to the main, the main, like what you see on TV, but each and every single one of that, like bit of that process was just so much fun and getting to meet all the musicians and the contestants was just incredible. I learned so much during that time. And then it finally, yeah, I think it was like October of, oh, I forget what year. I don't know. I finally got to audition for the judges and it was just like the most liberating feeling because I was like, all my hard work now has come down to this moment. So I better not forget anything that I've learned. <laughs> Otherwise I would be very disappointed. <laughs> so I've obviously our team, we watched some of the videos of you on the voice and uh, fantastic work. I'm not just saying that because you're, you know, on the screen in front of me. I actually mean it. So tell us, you know, what do you remember most about making it to season 16 of The Voice? And like I said, we've seen some of the videos. You're absolutely incredible. What do you what do you remember the most about that time? I just remember all the memories that I have from being around everybody. I mean, Kelly Clarkson was also like my idol since I first started singing. She was my first concert ever. Um, I used to sing her song because of you, like every single little talent show singing competition thing near my hometown. And so I had always had like this love and appreciation for her. And so when she finally turned her chair and then she was like my coach and I, I realized that I actually like, I'm going to meet her and get to work with her. Um, it was just, it felt like a dream, like it, just a dream come true. And then when I met her and then she's everything that you see on TV and beyond, it's like. I don't know. My heart was so happy because it's like, you know, like when you have like those moments where like you envision somebody and they don't turn out to be the way they are. Yeah. Well, she was exactly how I envisioned her and like beyond. Mm. She's a humble, 
genuine human being I think I have ever met. And I mean, she's part of the reason why I, I'm, I do country music now. I, I started when I was on the voice, I was doing pop music. And so I kind of had like this inner battle of like figuring out who I was and what I wanted my sound to be, because I felt like I was making music that wasn't who I was. I was trying to be something that I wasn't. Um, and it was really uncomfortable, not uncomfortable, but I just, I don't know. It was just like that weird feeling. It's like, ah, uh, like, I don't know how I can relate to this. It was talking about like all the cool things. And I wasn't a cool kid. I was like the nerd who like sat at home so I could go work like that type of thing. Um, and so I was like trying to figure out my way. And so I remember, I think it was my top 24 performance and we were working on nothing breaks like a heart. And I just remember her telling me like, at the end of the day, you have to go home, look at yourself in the mirror and say like, I'm proud of who, who I am. And like, you have to believe in yourself before others can truly believe in you. And so that I took to heart and I did a little bit of soul searching. I wouldn't even say a little bit. I'd say a lot of it, a lot of bit of soul searching during that time and just kind of went back to my roots and of what was around me and figuring out who I was. And so I'm, and now I'm doing country music and it's never felt more right. I'm going to ask you about the other judges, but what did Kelly Clarkson say when you told her that you were her first concerts and, and so forth? Was she, was she really nice about it? Was she taking it back? Oh my God. It was like the sweetest little moment ever. I, w- I was during that same time, um, that she told me everything. And I just remember we like, I, I don't know. I get away with her. Like I just go speechless. I've never like fangirled over anybody. I've like, I've been always been like cool, calm and collected. Not this time. Uh, uh-uh, Like draw or jaw was dropped to the floor. My mom was like, dude, close your mouth. Like flies are going <laughs> to, I was like, like, this is real. Like you're a normal human being. I, as much as I could, I try to make out those words, but she was so sweet about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if it came out right, but it was, I don't know. It was just like the most like full circle moment that I think has ever happened to me. Mm. You know, it's amazing during the show um, and being when I was in the military, exposed to a lot of celebrities. And I've only ever been starstruck. If you want to call it starstruck twice in my whole life. Once was meeting Steven Spielberg, who was for me, like meeting God. <laughs> and uh, the second one was I met uh, Lindsey Buckingham of Fleetwood Mac, who was like my guitar idol. And uh, thankfully, they were just the super nicest people you could want to meet. They've all heard it a million times. Oh, you changed my life. You're the greatest ever. You know, they, they, but they were super nice about it, at least. But I, unfortunately, though, the other side is, you know, doing the show, I've met some people that I looked up to who unfortunately didn't turn out to be what I had in my head. And they can always be a bit disappointing. Like they say, never meet your heroes. Yeah. never live up to what you're living to but those two actually did which is rare so that is amazing so tell us about you do you get to hang out with the other judges or is it just kelly um i got to hang out mainly with kelly for the most part there was a few times where we all together as contestants and all the coaches were together in like one room um but they were all super nice adam just reminded me of my dad so it was like a really weird thing like they have like the same like like even like stare, I'm like, this is, re- I feel like I'm talking to my dad right now. This is very interesting. <laughs> and then John was just incredible. He's so sweet. Um, Blake is really funny, like really funny. And he's really tall, like taller than I was expecting. Like I remember there was one point cause we went to like, we had a different type of round. I think it was cross battles, but there was stairs. And so they were taking like a group picture and they're like the tallest guy on Blake's team. I think on that time was like maybe six foot. And Blake is like down one step and still towering over them. And I just remember that. that's like, and it's like a memory, like engraved in my mind. And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> you're a tall dude. <laughs> I don't what know is, why that memory but it was. <laughs> it's, hey, it's a great memory. Um, <laughs> what is the one lesson that you think you took away from your time on the voice? I think it's for me, it was just figuring out who I was and learning to listen to who, what I wanted to do um, and not trying to be something that I wasn't. That was the biggest thing for me. I I mean, like I said, this like inner battle that I had was so, it had been going on for like a long time and me trying to figure out what I was doing. And then when Kelly said it, it just was like clarity from that moment on. Um, I knew what I had to do and like, I knew what I wanted to do. And so now it's just, I have to put those actions or put those thoughts into actions. That was uh, this is just idle curiosity. Have you ever gone back onto YouTube and watched your old performances on The Voice? 
every once in a while i i would say probably like maybe one time two times a year mm. i don't know like that same time when you like google yourself and like see <laughs> yeah so I'm a billionaire so i don't know how that happened i was just like all right well if i was a billionaire i probably wouldn't be living at home still but <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so were you shocked that your cover of something in the orange went viral like it did oh my god yeah it was the weirdest thing ever so i'll give you a little backstory i was flying home from nashville that night that zach bryan released his american heartbreak album and so there was like 30 songs on there or so and so i was like oh found my music to listen to added it to my playlist and so i listened to the entirety of it and something in the orange had already stuck out to me i mean i i had heard little bits of it from tiktok and things like that but i just loved what he was writing about in the way that zach is talking about this woman who is leaving his life and he is like doing everything that he can to like bring her back or has all these feelings and, and like these questions and so i was like what if it was like the opposite what if she is coming back she just had to go away for a little bit like what would be that perspective of it so i wrote the chorus like rewrote it a little bit and changed it to the girl's perspective and i posted it not thinking anything would happen i posted it on like a sunday i didn't do so well and i was like all right whatever and then like two days later it finally like it got some traction and i was like hold on hold the phone this is not happening right now i like my notifications kept going crazy and i was like what is going on like this isn't supposed to happen it was supposed to happen two days ago <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so and then it just kept growing and growing and growing and people wanted to see like the full version of the song so i was like gotta give what the people want and so i wrote the full song real fast i recorded it i I went over to my guitarist's house um, and I was like, can you help me do this? And like me with my, like my laptop and like my little recording stuff. And then I looked up like how to mix for dummies because I had no idea what to do. And so right. I took a little YouTube class, put it all together. And I was like, it's done. It's finished. It's the best it's going to get. And so we released it and it just, the response on it has just been so crazy. That's awesome. That I, I love it. I love, I love hearing positive stories like that because you know you go into it not thinking you know it's going to become as big as this and when it becomes as big as it is you know you're just so taken back that you know something larger than myself has taken has taken form here and i love that i love hearing stories like that so now i want to move on i want to talk about your new single break my heart i've heard it it's fantastic again it's fun it's really good listen to it actually three times uh <laughs> Where did the inspiration come from to write it? And I believe, if I read correctly, you had co-writers on this collaboration. I did. So I wrote this back in Nashville in 2021 with Nick Autry and Bobby McClam. And we kind of, we had this lyric idea that really stuck with us. And it was, I want you to break my heart. Um, I mean, it was shortened for the actual title of the song, just to break my heart. But I, I feel like it's kind of interesting when you just hear the title, break my heart, because you expect like a break my heart like you're gonna break my heart don't do that and this one is saying like no if anyone's gonna do it it better be this one person because that's all i'm going through with anybody like you can do it over and over again but as long as you keep coming back we'll be fine that type of thing um and so i feel like the chorus of the song i mean the lyrics are i want you to break my heart keep every piece when it falls apart long as you put it back together i'll go through this forever i only want your name on these scars I feel like that entire chorus just kind of encapsulates the entirety of the song in the sense of it doesn't matter who, where I am, who I'm with, but as long as it's with you, I guess not who I'm with because it's just that one person. But um, as long as I'm with you, everything's going to be okay. I'm fine with all the ups and downs and the what ifs and the whatnots and things like that. But as long as it is with that singular person, I'm okay with it. Mm. How long does it take to record? That one, I think, took me probably like two, three hours. No way. Really? Yeah. That was a fun wow. one. I was, I was in it. All right. <laughs> what has the reception to have been like? The It has just been such a crazy, overwhelming response of people who, I don't know, they, I mean, obviously from hearing like what I just said and like the Break My Heart title and they're like, they listen to it and they're like, oh, like wasn't what I was expecting, but I really like it. It kind of gets you thinking about it for a second and you're like, oh, this is something different. Um, versus just like all the heartbreak songs. Like it's a heartbreak song kind of, but it's also a love song. So I don't know how that makes sense, but it makes sense. Um, 
And so just the response from it has just been absolutely crazy. And I'm very, very thankful for it. Okay. We're going to go ahead and listen to that record. Now here is Presley Tennant's newest single break my heart. Okay, Duval Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we'll be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Press Lieutenant. May I suggest you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long, deep breaths, you know, Cluzo style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Please give your attention to a few friends of the show, and we will be right back. Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ, and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jams, so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. Duval Nation, Derek and Mindy Duval here to talk about Jerky Pro, the standard in premium beef jerky products. The Derek Duval Show and Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies is proud to be sponsored by the team at Jerky Pro. As a veteran, I am always the first to support veteran-owned businesses. Setting up shop in 1987 and founded by military and paramilitary veterans, they have set the bar for how beef jerky is processed, flavored, packaged, and sold. With strict quality control standards, Jerky Pro offers many flavors that are sure to please any beef jerky connoisseur. From the standard original flavor to honey glazed, peppered, teriyaki, sweet barbecue, or, if you're brave enough, the fierce red hot, there are many flavors guaranteed to entice your palate. Offered in various sized packaging, Use promo code DUBALL37, all in capital letters, at checkout 
to receive a 5% discount. Remember, folks, if your beef jerky is not making your mouth water, then it's not Jerky Pro Beef Jerky. Jerky Pro, the standard in premium beef jerky products. Hey there, this is Frankie Ray, and you're listening to The Derek Duvall Show. My latest single, Over Now, is available on all streaming platforms. Hope you like it. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts! Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. If you like weird, spooky, and strange history, then I have the podcast for you. My name is Brenda. And I'm the host of Horrifying History. Are you into the dark side of history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, the paranormal and unsolved mysteries, and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies. Want to get spooky with us? Get your Horrifying History fix by subscribing today on your favorite podcast provider or by going to our website at horrifyinghistory.podbean.com Janae Sergio, arriving. Hello everyone, this is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, a veteran's journey from homeless to hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 124 of the Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with country music artist, Press Lieutenant. Well, that leads us into me discovering your new EP, 600 Miles, which has recently dropped. Tell us about the production of this EP, because it does have great tracks on it, which I want to ask is obviously, first off, which one's your favorite from the, the EP? But how long did it take it to uh, put this together? This one, my EP, 600 Miles, I have been working on since 2020. There are some songs that are on there that I recorded back then and wrote, and then there are songs from this year that... Uh, that just got finished up. And so it's, I mean, title wise of the EP, I really wanted to make this like as a collection of like what I've gone through the past couple of years. Um, so people get an understanding of like, Oh, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. And, and like, I don't know, just letting them like inside a piece of my mind. And so they get to understand fully who I am. Um, I mean, there's six songs on there. There's the title track, 600 miles, how many kisses love's going to win mess with my man, pray for peace, and God forbid we pray. Um, and each and every single one of those songs, I don't know if I can pick a favorite. I'm just saying there's some days where I'm like, oh, I love this song. And then like the next day I'm like, no, I don't, I think I like this one better, but I, I don't know. It goes back and forth depending on the mood that I'm in. Mm. Um, but I feel like a lot of people can relate to it. And I, that's what I'm really excited about. That's awesome. Help us understand. Now, this is something I, I read earlier and uh, brought it to my team. And they're like, we've got to ask you about this. 
help us understand what California country is, because that is not a genre that a lot of us are familiar with. So there is different types, I feel like, of California country. There's like the Bakersfield country, which is like, I, if you know like Bakersfield country sound, you would, I don't know how to describe it. Um, but I feel like California country in my eyes is more of kind of like a little more laid back, a little beachy, a little more just free flowing versus like the certain like ding, 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 like that type of stuff, <laughs> like the chicken bacon type stuff. And I love that. But um, I feel like for me, this is more who I am um, in those senses. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, a little, little sense. What, what do you I asked another uh, lady who was on here. She was a country music singer as well. So you're actually my second one. And that is what, in your opinion, is the lasting appeal of country music over other genres? I feel like there's a song in country music. There are songs for every little moment of time that you might be going through. And a lot of it is storytelling. And that's something that I absolutely love. I love when you're able to hear a song for the first time and be like present in that moment um and so like there's a lot of songs that are like that i mean more specifically like there's like don't take the girl by tim mcgraw that was don't know why that's the first one that popped up in my head but it's like it talks about like the story of like this man or this kid growing up through life and he just wants this one girl and you can feel every moment of time that they're in but then there's like the heartbreak songs that can describe exactly what you're going through like to a t um and even if they don't, you still have like felt those emotions. And then there's like your fun songs that are more of like your party type things. Um, like you're going out to a bonfire, you're going to this place or this place. And then there's like your love songs that get you right in your feels and like hit you exactly where like the heartstrings pull. Um, I don't know. I feel like country music, it fits in every little occasion too. I, I can never get tired of it. Um, I mean, I would hope not. I'm a country singer, but <laughs> <laughs> but I have never gotten tired of it. And so I feel like I just, I don't know, I could listen to it on repeat all day long, the same song and just be amazed by it. Mm. I had, uh, like I said, I had Kate Watson on the show a couple of weeks ago and she kind of gave a, a very similar answer to what you just said. It's basically, it's music for people. Yes. It's not music for, it's not music for, you know, uh, a, a a, a fad that's going on in the world right now. It's 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 music for people, and I I, that I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. So that being said, what is your process for writing? So usually it starts off. I get like either somebody says something, or I have like this lyric idea in mind, and if somebody says it, I'm writing it down real fast. I'm like, hold on, pause. Then <laughs> you unpause. Let me just type it down real fast, and then I'll revisit it. Um, and then. I start to come up with like the premise of the song. Usually I will figure out like where I want to go with it. Um, and then I will play around with like a couple melodies and try out a few things until I finally get like the full version of a song. I usually start with the hooks because I feel like that's the easiest. Like you have your end goal. Now you just need to figure out how to roadmap it there. It's a little bit harder, at least in my eyes, to start off with like a verse. And then you're like, okay, like there's a million different solutions to get to where we want to like how do we want to do this um but usually that's how it is so i ask all of the musicians to come on my show and i've been very blessed to have a very very diverse group of musicians come on and this question is very simple and is what are your opinions on the current state of streaming services right now i have mixed opinions and i feel like Streaming services are so readily available right at our fingertips. And that's the beauty about it. I mean, all you have to do is type a name in or a song name in, and it's right there, like right there within two seconds. But then there's also nothing quite like actually having like a CD or like a vinyl or something like physically have in your hand or um, that type of thing. I don't know. It's just a different... It's a different take on it for obviously in today's day and age, it makes the most sense, but I definitely prefer what it was prior. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I've had many musicians on my show. And when I ask them this question, who they dare to only dream in terms of collaborating with, I get answers as varied on the spectrum as Taylor Swift to Fleetwood Mac. Presley, who are the artists you would just absolutely just die to work with? Oh, I mean, 
I feel like I have to go with this one. This would be Carrie Underwood. Mm-hmm. She's probably like one of my biggest idols. I grew up listening to her. Um, or, or it would be like Ashley McBride. Mm-hmm. I love her writing style. I just love when you're able to listen to a song and you can see everything going on. Like mm-hmm. the picture perfect. Everything is like so descriptive and the way she writes, I'm like, yeah, like I can see it. Like I close my eyes and I feel like I'm in that right, right there. Mm. You know, it's amazing. Um, Carrie Underwood is actually from about like 20, about 40 miles from where I live right now down right. in Shakota. But she's an amazing, amazing talent. She comes, I think she was here in the BOK Center in Tulsa a couple of weeks ago. She did amazing there too. So, Oh, how yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. So tell my listeners about Riffs and Rescues. So Riffs and Rescues is something that we started. I am a very passionate lover of animals, and I believe that all animals deserve a loving home that cares for them and and, and stands by them through everything. And so when I see all these animals that are in the shelters or rescues or um, things like that, it just breaks my heart knowing that there's not a loving home for them right now. Um, and so Rifts and Rescues, we created to partner up with different rescues and organizations and shelters to help raise money to help fund the costs for those who are looking to adopt. Or there's a lot of these shelters and rescues that actually pay for veterinary services as well to help out with families who, instead of putting these animals down, they can give them another chance at life. And so that's something that I'm just so passionate about. And I'm very grateful to be a part of this um, to help give these animals the voice that they need. Hmm. You prefer dogs or cats? I am more of a dog person. <laughs> I will say I grew up with dogs. I have two dogs right now, but cats still have a little soft spot in my heart. <laughs> For the dog lovers out there, what kind of dogs you got? I have a Yorkie poodle. She looks kind of like a possum. <laughs> Everyone says it, <laughs> but she's my little possum. And then I also have a chihuahua and he is just the sweetest thing ever. Fair enough. All right. All right. So, Presley, what do you enjoy? What do you love the most about performing live? I feel like it's just the adrenaline that comes with performing. I I feel the most comfortable on stage. I am definitely more of a shy person in real life, like aside from music. So I'm very, I don't know, I'd rather like on days like when I don't have much going on, it's like I'd rather be at home. I'm a homebody, more introverted. I'm like an introverted extroverted introvert there we go mm. if that makes sense but on stage it's just like i let all of that go and i could just be free and live present in that moment and i think that's like just the most liberating feeling where i can just kind of any thoughts or things that are going on in my life i can just be like okay push to the side now i can live right now <laughs> well you're an emerging you are an emerging talent so i gotta ask do you have any green room uh pre-show rituals you have to have if anything i would say i have like i do like a little okay i don't know how to word this i go into like this like meditative state i'm not sitting in the corner being like hum, mm. i'm not that but i just kind of go in this zone where i like stop talking to everyone and i just kind of been focused on myself and running through everything on stage to kind of get my mind in the zone and then probably for like anywhere from like five to 30 minutes just depending on what's going on around me yeah i would say i kind of just zone in let myself have a couple months like a couple minutes to myself and then walk on stage that's awesome you've opened for some pretty big uh, huge artists any particular favorites off the top of your head oh i would say tim mcgraw and blake shawton mm. for i mean tim mcgraw's don't take the girl was like my dad and I's favorite song we always play. That's why I brought it up earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It was just like the memories of that song and like listening to his music brought all that back. And then obviously Blake Shelton, because I was on the voice, and like getting to see him again. And I was like, Oh, this is so cool. It's like a little, <laughs> just awesome. like, that was it. There was no one else. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So as a young singer, I, you come from a totally different generation of those who have come before you. How important and time-consuming is maintaining your social media presence? Oh, it is so important. I I love social media, but I also try to only go on it when I just want to post something because it could also be pretty draining. 
and not in the ways that it's like you see everybody doing something it's like it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of energy to do social media and a lot of people don't recognize that and so um granted it's so easy when you're just posting something and like you get off or like you're responding back to people but like to be in it 24 seven and watching what people are doing, it consumes your mind and you can fill up with all these thoughts and, and things like that of, Oh, like, why are they doing this? And why am I not? Or it, it has so many like questions and, and things like that, that come to your mind and can really, what is the right word? It can almost like damage it. And so mm. I feel like it's important to like have those moments where you step away and you just let go of everything and just kind of focus on yourself. But once you learn that, I feel like you learn the tricks of the trade. You're starting to become quite a quite a quite a name in the in the business. Who are your peers right now that you're also watching? I I don't know. There's so many of them. I I get to see them a lot, especially. I mean, the California country artists in California. I get to see all the time. I'm playing with a bunch of them on Wednesday. Um, we're doing like a California country Christmas. So there's I think probably 20 of us that are playing, which I'm very excited for. But then there's like so many, so many incredible artists out in Nashville that are my peers and, and friends. And so getting to see them all succeed is so exciting. All right. So what is next for Presley? You can expect a lot of new music coming out very, very soon, as well as performing a bunch. I am opening up for Cole Swindell on March 11th, which I'm very excited for, as well as on New Year's, I'll be playing at Beer Garden in Huntington Beach. Nice, nice. All right. So as we enter the final phase of the interview, I'd like to ask one fun question, and that is, Preston, when you're not doing music, what do you like to do to relax? Are there any shows you're into? Do you like to read? What, what is it you do to unwind? I, it depends, let me just say this, it depends on the day. Most days, I'm usually pretty active. I like to go do something. So during winter, if I have a free day, I'm going snowboarding. 100%. I'm going on Friday. I said I don't have anything Friday. I'm going snowboarding. But otherwise, I feel like I'm just at home hanging out with my family and friends and just spending quality time with them. Are you, are you a gym person? You, are you into like yoga? You like to work out? I would not say I like working out, <laughs> but I do work out sometimes. Um, if anything, it's just like, I'll take like a dance class or something, something fun. Just get my mind. The whole thought of like lifting weights and like running on a treadmill is like dreadful to me for some reason. <laughs> so I was like, I got to disguise it. All right. So what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? You can find me at all my social media, which is at Presley Tennant. So P-R-E-S-L-E-Y-T-E-N-N-A-N-T. Or you can go to PresleyTennant.com and everything is linked there. All right. Presley, I am my interviews with my favorite question. And the question is this. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you would like to say to the people of Earth? I would say, remember to be your most authentic self, because at the end of the day, you have to make yourself happy, and that's the most important thing. All right. Presley, congratulations on your success. Uh, the new EP sounds great. I can't wait for people to hear it, and I believe in my, I believe it's in my heart. I'm going to be hearing a lot of great, amazing things about you in the future to come, and you might as well just start polishing that CMA, because I guarantee it's in your future eventually. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 124. I want to thank Presley for taking the time to come on the show. What a delightful young woman. And I am sincere when I say I know in my heart we're going to be hearing lots of good music and good news from her in the future. But folks, we are not done yet. I have a little surprise for you, a little cameo I've been keeping in the bag. Please welcome to the show an old friend of mine and a great friend of the show, the one, the only, Miss Katie Kinder. Hello, Derek. How's it going? It's going well, my friend. How are things with you? Things are good. Uh, you know, I hate January and February just because it's cold and I don't like the cold. I would rather it be summer. But other than that, things are good. 
Great. So since the last time you were on the show, amazing things have happened to you now. And one of the things I think the most is you've joined a very select group of Derek Duvall guests who are now a TED Talk veteran. That's true. That is very true. So tell us about the emotions that you go through, the prep work that you go through, and talk us through the actual moment where you went and actually did and recorded that TED Talk. Oh, my goodness. It was quite the process. Let's see. Last August, like two Augusts ago, I had a friend who sent me the link and said, hey, you should try to do a TED Talk over at UCO. And I said, well, that sounds good. And so I sent in a little video and they were like, yeah, we, you look pretty good. Let's, let's try it. And then it was a process. Like you had to go in front of a board and you had to write down your script and you had to practice and practice. And then you either made the cut or you didn't. And I did. And so it was live to tape. And so there's a live audience, probably about 200 people in the audience and it was nerve wracking. You had to, you know, you had to sign and say that you wouldn't move too much and you wouldn't move too little and that you would stick to your script and that Ted had a right to say yes or no. And so out of the 10 of us that went that day, I think only two of us actually got on Ted and it was released in, I'm not sure, October, maybe October. Yeah, October. October. Uh, and so yeah, for sure. But I mean, even like I'm seeing him back in the green room and the person who went before me had like a full makeup team. And I was kind of seeing it in the corner, like, Hey, like I'll take, I'll take a makeup team. Like, <laughs> uh, and then when I stood on their dot, their red dot, it was made of wood. Okay. And when I stepped up on that red dot, cause it's elevated and raised, it started to split. So mm. here I am. And it's like an empty, hollow, red, elevated dot that's painted. And I stood on it and I'm like ready to maybe fall through the stage in front of 200 people live, not leaving my script, like all the things. Uh, but UCO did an amazing job making making me look professional. And they cut it all up and, and sent it off to Ted and Ted took it. So I'm excited. And I said, I might never do it again. And now... I might do it again. Oh, you should do it again. I've seen it. For the, for the record, I have seen it. I've watched it. It is very, very, very good. Very powerful and very on point, especially very on brand, especially for you. I've known you a long time, mm. and it was absolutely phenomenal. And oh. I know that you sometimes you know don't give yourself the credit that you deserve, but believe me when I say you did an absolutely phenomenal job. Well, thank you so much. That means a lot. I do. I think we're hard on ourselves. Um, and so that means a lot coming from the Derek Duvall. Hello. <laughs> but no, I will say this between the TED talk and, you know, you're going out there, you do, you just did a keynote uh, speech for who was it again? At NAMI, which is the National Association of Mental Awareness. And we did, they hadn't had an in-person conference for several years, of course. And I just did the keynote for it. And it was, it was fun. And I got to meet, got to meet just amazing people. What was it? Digital heroin and mental health. Is that what the, the speech yeah. was about? Yeah, it was. And how it affects our kids and, and what we're doing and how to move forward and how to take care of ourselves for mm. sure. So before um, we, we come to the conclusions, I have to ask, how's the book doing? It's doing well. You know, I've got a couple other books in the pipeline and I've got a book called Hallway Leadership that I'm doing with some just education powerhouses. And I hope that'll come out in 2023. I've got a couple other ones, but my favorite, my favorite thing that happens is if I'm at a conference or I'm somewhere and somebody will stop me and say, Hey, I think we did a book study on your book hmm. at our school, like out in rural America. And I'm like, you did? Like, I don't know. It's like, like tears. And, and I just, it means so much to me when they talk about the impact that it's made on their teaching and in their lives. And so if I could just impact one teacher, that means the world to me. So yeah, things are going well. That's awesome. You know, it's funny. Like I say, you know, people have, 
you know, you throw a rock in a pond and it causes a ripple effect. You have been such an important rock in that pond. And like I said, you just yourself just said people are coming up to you talking about the book, people talking about the influence that you've had on them. I don't know what to say other than, you know, you are a positive force for change out there. Well, thank you. That means a lot. I think you and your show are doing the same thing. And I have, I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's also a speaker and, and we were talking about how, you know, the more partnerships that you have and the more that you elevate people and the more that you partner with them, uh, the more positive change you can affect in the world. And so I just think that that's what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's impactful and it's important. So it means a lot. So go ahead and tell my listeners how to watch that TED Talk. It is called Untold Teaching Truths. You can just go to the TED channel. You can go to their website, YouTube. And if you type in Untold Teaching Truths or you type in Katie Kinder, it will pop up. Awesome. All right. Katie, once again, thank you for coming on the show. I know you're extraordinarily busy. Thank you so much for taking the time to to humble me with your presence. Uh, Stop. Thank you. Uh, It's always an honor. All right. Take care. Okay, bye. Okay, thanks, Katie, for making a sneak cameo. Always a delight when my friends can come drop in to talk about the amazing good that they are doing in the world. Tune in again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. I have a really good one coming up in a few days, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for that episode to drop. Also, I've said it before, I think it's fair to ask... Have you enjoyed this episode? I truly hope you have, so please go and hit that subscribe button to keep up to date with when new episodes drop. Also, if you're feeling generous, drop us that review. We love reading what our listeners have to say about us. Uh, We are still enjoying our partnership with the Amazing Tea Public. The Derek Duvall Show has a great little store in there with our logo on it, including magnets, stickers, and mugs. I recently went back through the Tee Public archive, and I've added over 30 new T-shirts on there. So if you've ever wanted to own a T-shirt that I myself possess, that shirt being Beavis and Butthead sitting next to Wayne and Garth, then go to our website, DerekDevallShow.com, go to the banner on the left that says Merch, click that, and you'll be taken to our store on Tee Public. And once again, we want to thank them for being such great partners with the show. On behalf of myself and the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, I hope the year so far has been somewhat pleasant. This February, I challenge you to pick up a new hobby. Ever wanted to play an instrument, pick up a camera, or go for walks in nature? This might be the month to try something new. No star, God bless, and see you next time, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show.